Hi guys, welcome back to my podcast, Say. I'm your host, Jana Ali. This episode, I am joined with someone who I and many would recognize as a pioneer in the London Caribbean community, a person who brings all races from the diaspora together through food and unforgettable events. I am so happy to welcome founder of the Liming Restaurants and Liming Events, Sham Mahabir. Mahabir, am I saying right? That's correct, Mahabir, yes. Go ahead, introduce yourself as you would. Um, so I'm Sham, I, I'm Trinidadian and I am the founder of Lyman. Um, I pop up initially at Oswald Fees Market and now we are permanently based at London's Gabriel's Wharf on the South Bank um, under the name of Lyman Beach Club where we have bought the Ibiza Cool with Caribbean Warmth, a Trinidadian food and some amazing rum. Nice. It's a really beautiful location by the way. Thank you, thank you. We are delighted naturally because... Uh, Look, the South Bank, the Thames is literally steps away. Yeah. We couldn't get any more central if we tried it. Yeah. So so I guess let's just start from the beginning. Like, how did you start? Why did you want to start this? I guess, uh, look, we can look at this in many ways. Uh, I uh, was given an opportunity. I took it. Um, this was not meant to be what it became or what it is becoming or I guess what it will grow into. And I say that because there's so much plans. Um, the, it was an idea to do a pop-up for 10 weeks uh, in Ospilifi's market. Uh, and uh, at that time, uh, we thought about doing uh, um, cheese and wine uh, and then tapas. But nothing actually felt uh, like it was, uh, it was real or it was authentic. Uh, and then someone said to me, and up to this day, I cannot remember who it was. Uh, Why don't you do rum? Making the rum bar. And I was like, light bulb moment went out if i'm doing rum i'm doing trinidad food because having lived here at the time for you know 20 odd years i was never been i had never been able to find a restaurant um, or even an experience that showcased the food i grew up with um so there we go um lyman my partner james he named the bar and uh, it was born. There we go. Trinidad culture literally always with his market. It's kind of perfect as well, like the, the name, because that, that word is thrown around so much in like Caribbean culture. Now, whenever I hear it, I automatically think of you and your events and your restaurant. Well, that, in that case, mission accomplished. Yeah. I don't, I, you know, I <laughs> don't. like hijack the name. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're hijacking it definitely. I mean, you know, normally it's spelled in Trinidad with a G. So we took the, the G off and put, a, you know, an accent on the N, which obviously signifies this lime in um but it worked really well um obviously the caribbean identifies with it we're constantly struggling with sort of you know non-caribbean people how they pronounce it lemon yeah. and phonetically i get that but they're sort of the brighter ones understand it should be a g uh, at the end yeah yeah and did you say you you can't remember the who it was that told you to do I, it i i cannot you, you know, have I, to find that person i i do and i, I kind of <laughs> almost need to applaud them and thank them because my life would have been a very different thing right now i mean i, I dread to even think but uh, it literally has been the doing this entire the last two years we've been open for almost two over two years the things we've achieved um the growth we've been through not only as a business but also my, my personal and professional growth mm. like i cannot even contemplate i've grown so much in the last two years and i've done in the last 42 years so what were you doing before the before you started all of this well, maybe I should just go a little bit back. I just thought a little bit about Trinidad, how mm-hmm. I grew up, yeah. and it sort of lead my way into this because I kind of feel it gives this to the listener um, 
a, a you know, they they come on a journey with me. Mm-hmm. So, I, I like I mentioned, I grew up in Trinidad, and uh, you know, I had a great childhood. I I left when I was I went to primary school to secondary school. Um, I didn't pass my exams. Um, I, I was not academic, uh, um, and I guess in many ways I probably would have been, you know, like my father, a laborer or a taxi driver. Um, but my mother left um, Trinidad to go to the U.S. like many families did to work. Um, with the intention of us sort of, you know, eventually moving across there and getting our um, residency status. Um, sadly for me, I um, t- became too old to get that sort of instant qualification. So I had to stay in Trinidad a bit longer. And I sort of looked for ways out. So I looked at going to Canada and uh, that didn't work. And then finally, um, I had an uncle who lived here. And um, I realized I can actually come here without a visa at a time, on a holiday visa. So I did that. Um, and I guess... It, that's when my life kind of changed. Um, I kind of didn't want to go to America at this point because I already sort of made my life here. Although part of me kind of wanted to become my mother lived here, my brother at the time, and then my sister. Anyway, um, I met James, my partner, um, one month after being in the UK. Um, I remember it vividly, and um, it was great. I then studied um, at City Eastern College in Holloway Road, um, I'm accessing media, where I passed over my class. So although in Trinidad I was not academic, for some reason when I came to the UK, I sort of had enough sort of sense and common sense um, and also help, I guess. If I was to put it down to you, James is very, very um, good and he's very academic at just, you know, making sure that how I, I did what I had to do and, and guided me where I needed guiding. Anyway, um, I put over my class and then I became the student union president of the college which gave me a fantastic platform to, to build my confidence, but equally to, 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 to represent sort of people um, at uh, a student level um, with, uh, within the, the college. So I really enjoyed that. And you know, next thing I knew, I was in a, in a like, you know, governor's meeting talking about big decisions at the college, you know, sort of building new sites, and I was representing students at disciplinary. And uh, yeah, it, that just was great. And I did a second term there also. But while I was doing that, uh, um, I also went on to study sort of public relations, marketing, social media, and PR, um, which was great. Um, and then I did a freshers fair for the students. Uh, and um, a Barclays Bank came along, and they saw me, they loved me, and they said, do you want to come work with us? And I said, yes. So I did. Um, and uh, it was retail banking. And, you know, for me, this was my first career kind of job, uh, you know, in the office. And I had a pen in my pocket. And I remember my uncles, you know, growing up, how I respected them because they had a pen in their pocket. And, you know, they did all these office jobs. So I felt in my, ta- my, my life at this point, I had done, you know, I'd made it. Um, I was doing what they had done. And they were my idols in many ways. Um, so I guess that after that, <laughs> I then... Um, I was working in the bank and I saw these guys coming in and they like their salaries were like huge. Like, oh God, how did they earn so much money? Mm. And so I think in my personality in many ways, I sort of, I sort of asked them, I said, so how do I get a job in your company? Um, and then they really, this is how faith is, right? There was one guy called Ian and he came in, he'd been to Tobago, he'd bought a property there. And he came back and there was a problem with his bank account. And so I did, what I then did was I sorted sort it out for him. And then he got me an interview with his boss. Wow. But the, what, what was the interesting thing here? It was the connection of Tobago, which is obviously right, where I grew yeah, up. Right, it was like perfect timing. Perfect timing. He was wonderful and he got me an interview. And so I walked into this interview um, with this guy called Giles. And I sat in his office and I guess I, I chatted a little bit about me. You know, I lived in Brighton at this point and I commuted to work in London. 
and Sir Giles, um, who lived in Sussex also, we sort of connected. And, and you know, it didn't last terribly long, and I just didn't know what to expect. And then he called me and said, when can you start? And so I was, like, excited. But then this is a really funny thing, right? So all of a sudden now, I was this boy from the Caribbean, but I was working for one of the largest insurance brokers in the world. It's like, how do you go, how, mentally, how do you go from this, and growing up in a village, yeah. to now working in this incredible industry? I loved it. I sort of did sort of marketing, social um, branding, um, did the, the brochures and all of that. And, and it was great. And, and in a lot of ways, it kind of taught me not only about myself, in a different way I've learned about myself now, but it sort of in, introduced me to a cuisine and to food and to flavors and a lot more than I'd grown up with, new flavors. Um, sadly, I was very redundant, or I guess luckily, I was very redundant um, from there um, in 08. And... Uh, I guess I worked in sort of P um, recruitment for a bit, and then my friend said I, at a restaurant, he's like, "Can you come work for me for a bit? You know, just tell me where you can fix in this place." And this is where my my sort of my I went into food. I basically sort of started managing this restaurant and took his business online. Now I have a, I have a business acumen, I have common sense, I know what customers want want mm-hmm. and like. Mm-hmm. So I think when it comes to the customer service and experience, that I I I got down to a team. But it was Indian food, but I understood flavors. And then one of my job, he had a small chain of restaurants. So I sort of went around so they were making sure the food was consistent. Um, anyway, that's what took me to Spitalfields Market. We're having a meeting and uh, um, with Spitalfields Market uh, management, and they said to him, "Why don't you run the bar for us?" And he said, "Oh no, Sham will do it." And that's how we started. You know, it kind of makes so much sense because knowing where you are like now and then hearing the fact that you did PR and marketing, which is always good for business, yep. and then going into like the fact that you held that event um, and partnered with Barclays, did you say? No, so box. So this, that was that. That was the um the the freshest fair. And what we did was we had a um a de- how do students open bank accounts? So, right. So they came along to that. And, and look, I've always had this very you know joyful personality, and and I was always what people wanted to be around, and that was great. I was seen as the the fun one. He right. probably would not do much in life, but he was good to be. And this no look, I think growing up, this is what I I, I and when I reflect back on it now, I think that's probably what I I take from it. Not in a bad way. Everybody wanted to be around me. I was always loved by everyone. I had a great relationship with most people um but uh, you know i was just i didn't have the opportunities to actually do a lot uh. right right so did, yeah. did you ever worry about that though or was that kind of like you knew it would work out no i think when you were i guess I, on the back of my mind i knew i was going to go to america and live at some point so i just had fun in trinidad and i partied oh. and i like you know just to bring it a little bit more you know like like at the lyman beach club the logo it has a pelican on it and the reason it has a pelican is almost as a homage to my to growing up in trinidad there was a bar called the pelican which i loved and i adored and i spent so much time there and this is like me bringing back a um, a part of my past but I you know one thing I think I must say is when I moved over here and I've been here 22 years 23 years now um, I kind of didn't forget my life in Trinidad but I sort of wanted very much to not recreate my life in Trinidad here so I didn't move in a Trinidadian circle I didn't sort of seek out Trinidadians I was okay. very much able to sort of assimilate my life into British culture right. or what I knew British culture was now my partner is British so it was very easy for me to do that I went to college very soon after arriving here again I met British students so it was easy for me to do that um, and I guess in many ways that has been one of the reasons why no one knew who I was. You know, mm. when I came onto this the food scene, I was just um, this person who just 
all of a sudden appeared from nowhere. Top, yeah. I hadn't done a, a market store. I didn't have a business. So, you know, I was, I wasn't, I was unknown. Right. And so that is, it was, it was great in many ways. Yeah. So the, it's one thing bringing the flavors of the Caribbean and Trinidad to, to the people of London. Um, but what led you to kind of holding these really amazing events that you hold? Well, I, I actually honestly don't know. I mean, I, I know you're talking about Jerk and Beyond because that was in many ways groundbreaking. Um, you know, but you know, the thing with Jerk and Beyond was it was not meant to be what it was. It was supposed to be how do we educate Londoners on our cuisine? You know, we can all talk about um, jerk chicken is so popular in this country and you know around the world. Jamaica's done a fantastic job in promoting this. Um, our food, Trinidadian food, I mean, hasn't really been able, hasn't exported outside of the diaspora. So whether you look at New York or Miami or Canada, the, you will find the food, yes. You will find sort of the restaurant or takeaway joints, but what you don't find is in a place like what we did. We don't find it in Spitalfields Market. You don't find it in, mm. in, in, in Manhattan and you don't find it in, in Toronto. It's very much Toronto. in the communities. Absolutely. Yeah. And because that's, because, so we haven't been able to sort of educate people. So what we've had to do and the challenge we still find is how do you tell someone about doubles is you know they think it's a drink you know it's a double shot of rum yeah. um you know what how do you how do you how do you describe you know chana aloo and how do you use my curry crab and dumpling and all those sort of stuff so you know that is a daily challenge we face right yeah yeah, yeah. um so i heard that you signed a lease just before lockdown actually after lockdown oh it was after the yes, first lockdown uh, yes basically so so we popped up in spillafee's market back in 2018 in october and we had the best time now do you remember this was supposed to be 10 weeks of fun we were then i took <laughs> a sabbatical for my work basically and I just wasn't going to have fun um, I got some people like Paolo who's our executive liquid chef um, who I knew from working at Hutong in the Shard to come and help us uh, um, and uh, a couple of other friends um, and the next thing we knew we had a business on our hand we had people um, the food was fantastic the experience was great the location was good and I think what people like more about what the old lineman or the original lineman it was that experience it was everything now everything wasn't perfect all the time but it was be a place they can come and they can be themselves especially in a time when you know the Brexit vote was going on and we had um, you know, I remember vividly a lady in her 80s coming to me and saying thank you for doing this for the first time in my time in the UK I feel comfortable People sort of my age were bringing their children and they were saying, this is how I grew up. People who worked in the city, they were bringing their 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 colleagues rather than going to a bar in London. They were actually, now they come to my experience, my culture. So we did, we did not set out to do all of this, but inadvertently we did it because it hadn't been done before. And I guess no one had... I don't know why didn't wasn't it done. I don't know. Look, London is expensive. Property in London is expensive. So and that's probably partly one of the reason why you you don't find a independent Caribbean restaurant in central London. Um, so. I guess what we what we did was great. Then Jerk and Beyond happened. Of course, an international doubles day. You know, I wanted to sort of celebrate this this amazing dish that is vegan that I grew up with that I have so many childhood memories. And actually, talking about childhood memories, when I wrote the ref, the menu for um, the original liming, it's when I fell in love with my childhood. Because but having lived here at, at that point, I you kind of forget the really romantic things about your childhood. Yeah. When you went to school and you had Polori for the first time, when you went to your grandmother's house and you had all these different... You forget about that because life just sort of takes over in a, in a good way. But what that allowed me to actually to do was to think of all the wonderful memories at Carnival and at my grandmother's house with family get, getting together. And look, our culture is rich, we, but we just... 
don't have didn't have or in the uk not a place to actually to 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 to, 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 to find it again which is what we've done here mm-hmm. so we have created then and now a place where trinidadians can feel at home but this to me goes way beyond trinidad this to me is a place where the caribbean should be one caribbean you know it's something that i keep talking about and i keep mentioning i want people to feel this is not just a place for trinidadians Uh, you know this is a place for londoners to understand trinidadian food yes uh, but the caribbean should feel at home when they come here and that is actually what i think we have created i think you have too and it's really like it's interesting how you said that this was an element that was missing from london culture because I can heavily agree with that. Like as a uh, someone from the Caribbean diaspora in London, mm-hmm. I think identity here is a very confusing thing, especially if you've like been born and raised here because you obviously, like I came from a very multicultural place. I, I'm from Brent. Yeah. Um, so we have like loads and loads of different types of people there. Um, Indo-Caribbean or Caribbean people who look like me are not one of them. Yes. Um, so growing up, it was so confusing because there were so many people who looked like me in, in terms that they were South Asian, mm-hmm. but there was no one who could actually relate to my experience. Yep, yep. And there was nowhere apart from my family, they run a mosque, which is quite indo-caribbean centric Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and apart from that place there was nowhere else that i could really feel my most caribbean self and that was something i struggled with growing up i didn't understand what it meant to be caribbean what it meant to be brown and caribbean what it meant to be Mm. to, to also have these south asian quirks in our culture and i think this is I wish this place was around. <laughs> I so wish when I was a kid. Well, well, I guess the good news for you is if and when you do have children, they, oh, will, have yes. a, they will have a place like this <laughs> yes. and they will be able to identif- identify very easily with it. Um, yeah, no, I like, I just, I look around me, especially when we have, you know, sort of the places full of people and I just, uh, I am literally in awe, you know, I, I talked about being in awe of uh, work, walking around the restaurant, um, you know, at, at Willis, where the company I work for, at that building, I'm thinking, how did I do this? I walk around here and I think, how did we do this? This was never, n- I am not a restaurant here. I am not a businessman. I am a normal person. I had a normal childhood and I did what I had to do and I, I got to where I am in life and all of a sudden this happened and now I'm having to, you know, to manage a team and to direct. And and so, you know, of course we'd have Lyman and we have Joy Can Be On The Festival and the campaign for doubles, International Doubles Day. And we just recently launched our rum, Three Ways Rum. Um, so Paolo and myself, we went to, to the Caribbean and we spent two weeks in undergoing to the distilleries um, and to make to make this rum. And it's called Three Ways because we've blended the three different styles of making rum, the English, the French and the Spanish. For from Trinidad, which is where I'm from, is the Spanish style. Um, Guadalupe, um, it's the French and Martinique, the French style and Bar- Jamaica, Barbados. And you're from Guyana or your family from, from Guyana, right? Yeah, so my family's from so half, I'm half Guyanese. Yes, but half Guyanese and half? Egyptian. Egyptian. Oh, yeah. wow. That's quite a mix. <laughs> <Everyone> <laughs> so they don't have rum across the years, hardly. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but we just launched, um, of course, the rum. And we're about to launch um, our own cocktail club showcasing wow. our rum um, delivered to your door for you. And, you know, we, we also announced earlier this year, we have our own Soka track coming out um, for 2021. Now, we're not singing it. We were commi- it was com- <laughs> You don't want to get on the track. No, <laughs> no, no, we're not going to do that. But it was commissioned for um, by an international artist um, to perform for us. And it's all about Lyman and coming to Lyman with us. And 
And I guess the big news for 2021 for us is basically our mass ban. Oh, wow. So we have partnered up with GMI Mass and we are going to be on, on the road for Nottingham Carnival. So um, with our own costumes. Um, obviously, it's lime and food, so everyone knows it's going to be great. Our drinks, our rum. Um, so we're very excited about that because, look, I think for us... Carnival is great, Northern Hill is fantastic, and the diaspora really has a great time there. But not only diaspora, you know, Londoners, whether you're from Africa or wherever, you know, you come and you have a great time at Carnival. But for me, what I want to do is we now have a platform to showcase the Caribbean um, and how do we actually take our customers on that journey from having the food here and the drink here and actually show them Carnival in a place where they feel safe where they have costumes where they actually have a, a mass band in central London how they actually get involved in that and that is what this mass band is about this mass band is about showcasing London our culture to Londoners so quite a lot of plan for 2021 it's so exciting it's incredible and it's like it just seems like it's all grown so organically absolutely i mean like you know we make mistakes of course we do things don't go right but the beauty about them is if you turn a mistake into business right so like you know i'll tell you something but with, with the rum we basically made this whole cocktail club out of it because we made a mistake and uh, we had to actually sell the rum very quickly and this is one way of doing it but apart from that we there we have great cocktails of everyone who comes here understands that so although that wasn't part of the plan now it may very well have become part of the plan but uh, you just move it up we do things in literally no time at all uh, you know diwali was a few weeks ago right I had this idea, let's get our food across the country. At Diwali Day, we had our food served in Brighton and Edinburgh. For the first time ever, London Trinidadians or the diaspora or whoever who ordered the food, they were able to enjoy um, um, Sahina, Pilori with all the chutneys, Basashat Roti, um, Chana Alu, Karihi, um, Parasad, Kuruma, Gulab Jamun, the full work, spinach, pumpkin, everything at their house for Diwali. Now, other messages I had, not only from um, Trinidadians who live here recently saying how this is as good as my mother's cooking. I had messages from people who, you know, who live here saying how my kids could finally experience what I've experienced all my life growing up. It's, uh, look, I, I... That's mind-blowing because I think, like, for my grandmother... I know that no matter how much she would want to share her culture, it will never be the 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 same feeling and the same flavors as what she got back home. Yeah, because my grandmother wasn't much of a cook, <laughs> <laughs> so she was she she knew how to make bake. Yeah, but that, that was about it. Um, but so I think that that's amazing for people to be able to tell you like they're feeling how i felt in my childhood it's just being passed on like what service you're providing I mean, for people I, I literally that week to diwali i cried far too many oh times you, know, you get these messages and like even right now i can i can feel it yeah you get these messages and and people are saying how, what how great this actually is and and what what, what a different it actually makes in their lives and i i can't I, I i know what i feel and i do it for the right reasons i do it to promote what we believe in you know did everything go right no of course it didn't did we learn from it of course we will and then for next year guess what it will be even better mm. so have you ever as a business like now as your business person so have you ever kind of come across a problem where you really have been like i, I don't know how to get past this um no no <laughs> because you know i i I have a great group of people around me. If I if I find something very challenging, I can go to them. Um, look, I don't do everything. I may have the idea. I may come up with it. But the execution of it, the people around me actually do it. I have Paolo. I have James, who are the two key people in the business. Um, 
they do things I can't do and equally other things that they can't do or even don't want to do. So, you know, whether it be like last week or, 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 or where we, we set up a, a store, you know, just, you know, just service in the community. Look, last week we sold, you know, 1,000 liters of mulled wine. Oh, my God. This is in lockdown. 1,000 liters. It was voted the best mulled wine in London. Wow. I mean, wow. It's, just, it's, just, it's just little things that that just come up and we, we, we rally together and we do it, we work as a team. Of course, we have disagreements and we have arguments and we stumble, you know, that's all normal. But um, we, will find a pro- we will find a solution. There is never not a solution. It may not be the right solution, but we will learn from it. But uh, it actually been the food across, you know, to, to Edinburgh. It, it didn't go frozen. It, everything went freshly cooked. We have a commercial kitchen, so we, 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 we can sort of um, blast chill it and then sort of now vacuum pack it. So we learn. Wow. So with the second lockdown now come and gone, uh, did it affect your business in any way? Positively, negatively? Because you seem like you, you think quite quickly on your feet. I, I do. I do. Uh, you know, I, I always say to people, I, like, I have no idea how, how this how this has happened. All of a sudden, you know, I went from the one who was um, listening to what my, my boss had to say to being the one who's saying, can we do this? Or let's do this. Um, look, I think the, what affected business more was when the 10 o'clock um, curfew thing came in, where we have to be, you know, close the restaurants. However, I do think this has given us time to develop the cocktail box. It's given me time to actually, you know, sort of, you know, understand what went wrong at Diwali to make sure that how, when our Christmas package goes out, we don't make the same mistakes. So the time was great, actually. It was welcomed. So I see it as a positive. That's really, really good. I think your positive energy, like, it comes through in everything, and I think that is what what makes you such a success because you won't take negativity. No, I mean I, I am I am I am the least negative person ever, good, and, and even good. the people around me, you know, they, they may be a little bit negative, but they still they will still sort of conform eventually to to what we were doing and what. Look, we have one goal, and one goal is to always to stay true to our culture. You know, we will cook the food I grew up with. You know, we have people saying the food tastes better than in Trinidad, primarily because it, 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 look, this is a business, yes, but. I am in this as a business, but also to showcase what I grew up with. I don't know any kind of flavor that is not that is watered down, for lack of a better word. It has to be what I grew up with, and that, that's what we stand for. It will always be the case. That's why, if you look at our Google reviews, if you look at our Facebook reviews, it is four point seven, four point eight out of five because it is it is, it is as you get back home. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Um, so. As you probably gather, I love to talk about Indo-Caribbean culture. Go, 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 So when I was doing my collection, um, it was really about the underrepresentation of Indo-Caribbeans. Yeah. Um, especially in the UK. And um, as I've kind of like been having these conversations with loads of different other Indo-Caribbeans like around the world, they've kind of been able to express the same um, the same feeling of not, not being known. Um and much like Samuel Selvon did for Caribbean literature in London, you're kind of doing the same thing for for the food here in London. That's high praise. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Samuel Selvon was 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 not very known as an Indo-Caribbean person. Mm. Um, and to be honest, I was I, I was I didn't know you were Indo-Caribbean until I did more research on you. So what what do you? What does that feel like to know that we're quite underrepresented, but we're making big moves in the space? I think, um, so, you know, years ago when I used to fill in a box uh, uh, for form or whatever, I mean, they would ask you, your, you know, your, you know, your, your race or whatever. And I would always take other and I would say Indo-Caribbean. Okay. I, I did that because I wanted, I felt um, we had to make a statement because no one, you know, the box was always not represented. 
it was black or black Caribbean or whatever it was. And I was like, well, no, I'm Indo-Caribbean. Um, so I felt that was really, really important at the time. I think now having open linemen and, you know, it, people look at me, um, look, I see people, I walk in the streets and people look at me and they can't place where I'm from. He look, he's tall, so he can't be Indian. He he has different features, so he can't be African. Where exactly is he from? And they, they, they do stay and, and that's fine. When it comes to the, the, our culture and its representation in, in London, now, I am very much for promoting the Caribbean first. Um, now, I think we are a small group of islands um, who are doing big things. My Indo heritage is important. I am proudly Hindu. I will support that. I, I make no um, on my social media. I'm very, very. Um, I will talk about you know doing RT. Look, I dreamt about my grandmother last night. Um, and I woke up at, I think it was three in the morning, and she passed away several years ago. And this is how much, I guess, my culture and Hinduism actually means to me. In the dream, I was in Trinidad, and I, I ran past her house, and I saw her, and my and my uncle, I call uncle Sam and my cousin, and I instinctively ran to her. And normally, I wouldn't do this, but I actually touched my, fore, my forehead to her feet. Now, that is something I would do at, um, at pujas, at RT. But I did this as a natural greeting. Now, she passed away several years ago. And I always say to people, look, you know, there's some greater force guiding me and allowing me to do this because I don't know where this brain came from, right? <laughs> I never had it. But uh, that blessing that she gave me at that point in that dream, to me, is all the blessing I need for me to know what you're doing is right, mm. how you're doing it. So going back to your question about, you know, in, in, um, the, in, in the Caribbean community, I'm here. Yes, we are underrepresented. Um we're doing great things. Um, I guess if people talk about it more, it'd be great. If we share and celebrate what we're actually doing, it'd be great. Um, but it's down to us. Yeah. It's down to us. You know, I remember the great ways my friend Chandini made um, on BBC and when she, she spoke about it. Fantastic. Now, what we need to do is follow up on that. Um, whether it be Diwali or Pagwa um, or, 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 or any of the Hindu festival, we need to actually be, be true to that. Now, interestingly, you see, um, Hinduism, a lot of people probably, we are the first one, I guess, to sell out. We are the first one to probably, you know, probably still drink alcohol on Diwali and to still eat meat or, or to move from our religion. Where you see a lot of um, Muslim, Muslim, they were say Muslims. Um, a few probably will move, but we are the first ones to say, you know, or, or, to, or to not talk about it. So I actually saw, um, for me, Diwali is no alcohol, no meat. You fast and you still respect that. I don't fast for any other thing otherwise. So I guess when I when I when I look at what we're doing here in the UK, I think. If, if we share what we're doing, if we talk about it, we will get not a recognition, but people actually will understand a lot more that we are a part of the Caribbean. Now, my partner, when he met me, he had no idea there were Indians in the Caribbean. Yeah. So when he saw me, this six foot four, you know, 21 year old guy with Indian looking, because I had hair back then. But when I spoke, I had his Caribbean accent. Mm. He couldn't understand it. Mm -hmm. And that partly intrigued him to this. Now, I have a Caribbean accent sometimes. I sound British sometimes. I sound American <laughs> sometimes. But that's now. But yes, I guess going back is we, as a as in the Caribbean, need to actually talk about it and actually promote it. I think most people, of our customers, especially from Trinidad, they were, with my name, they would know I am Indian Trinidadian. Um, but if you look at me, I guess, you know, who knows? 
Yeah, it's really interesting what you said about the the whole box ticking thing because I in in um, interviewed my aunt and my grandmother a while ago um, about their whole experience coming because they came in the Windrush generation. Wow, yeah, yeah, and so they used to say that they would just tick British because they didn't know what else to call themselves. I mean, they were so they were so told that they were British mm. that that's all they kind of and like obviously they weren't they wouldn't tick black caribbean because that's just not what they were absolutely yes um and it's really interesting like now because i'm mixed i always just tick mixed other because there's just no category for me but it, it's such a statement to to write down indo-caribbean um and yeah it, it's 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 true in a sense where we do need to talk about it a lot i think a lot of the issues when they first came in the windrush they were just so they had to work and they, there was no time to even break down their heritage to Absolutely. people. So they were just so focused on working and keeping their heads down. And then I think now generations later, um, and I've heard this from quite a lot of young Indo-Caribbean people, especially growing up in the UK, you get like this kind of a bit of a identity crisis where you don't mm. even understand it yourself. Yep, yep. And you really have to take the time to research and break it down and understand your co culture and heritage. And, and then it's easier for you to then go and explain it to other people. But, but you know, I think um, if you just look at it, so the US, Canada and the UK, why is it that, and I think you already answered this, in, 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 in Canada and in the US, the Indians in those communities, they've actually, well, they are well represented. There's temples and all that, pundits and doing puja and all that kind of stuff. I can't, I don't even know where to find a pundit if I want to in this country. You know, there's, you know, there is, I think there's a, a place in Croydon that actually isn't even a temple. Now, you know, like my mother is the vice president of the temple in Miami that she goes to. I mean, her father's a pundit, so she, you know, she, that she loves that and that gives her a lot of sort of reason and direction in her life. But if that was her here, she couldn't find that. Mm. And, and so I think you've answered the question by saying that when people came over, they sort of get caught up in just being in, in, in doing stuff. That part of their life didn't sort of, um, they didn't, they didn't follow follow through or they didn't focus on it yeah it, there was no room for it really and then they had the issue of also coming here and then mixing with also other caribbean countries who weren't well experienced in indo-caribbeans because yeah. they weren't brought there that it wasn't a thing for them and so they were i from what i've heard is that they really did feel alienated from the caribbean community but then at the same time alienated from the south asian community I, i've actually heard the same thing also you know i i i know of someone who whose mother um they themselves uh, you know she sort of tried to sort of this is the wrong word, but infiltrate um, the, um, the, 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 the 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 Kenyans and uh, and and so forth. You know that because they were not from they were from a different part. Well, they were they were Indians and they were Hindus, but they're from a different part. Anyway, um, and it didn't really work. So they they grew up, you know, sort of you know in between, sort of kind of two places. Also, look, it's 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 a hard one. It's definitely so and hard. you know I I I find like I look at my nieces who are growing up in Miami right now and they are seventeen and eighteen. However, they grew up. They are Hindus. They go to temple. They pray every morning. They will do our teacher to, to, to me or whoever is in the house that's grown up. They are Hindus. They have grown up as as would have as I would have grown up. Probably actually more so than I grew up. So. The, the Brits or the, the Indo-Caribbean Brits, um, they haven't had that experience. And I don't know many who actually now actually still have that, that culture um, deep within them. I mean, I listen to the budgets every morning because that sort of grounds me and that gives me my 
it, it kind of gives me my time to sort of think. So when I walk or when I, when I would actually, when I walk to work, that is what sort of gives me that time to, to reflect. And I will, growing up as a Hindu in Trinidad, I will never forget it. Um, it is what I would probably say partly has made me into the person I am now. I know I was never the person that I am now, right? I, <laughs> look, I had, my, I had my wild time. I partied. I did everything I needed to do in my sort of late 20s and 30s. Um, now I look at my life and I think uh, I have done a lot. I now have Lime In and all the other brands that we've created under it or around it to sort of, you know, to feed into and to sort of, you know, to showcase. For me, it's one priority. It's to make sure Caribbean, Trinidadian food especially is a showcase as I grew up with it. It's to showcase our culture. So whether it be doing things for Diwali or, or doing things at, at, at Parang at Christmas. Uh, you know, this is not just Hinduism for me. This is, I am Hindu, yes, but it's just about everything. It's about our culture. I can't sit here and say that whole mean, it's a, it's, it's a, you know, if that's the case, you would never serve meat, you know, but we, I know we won't serve beef, because that I won't do, but we'll definitely more than anything else have everything else. Yeah, and it's strange as well because, like, so you, did you say your mother and your nieces and they both there in Miami? Yes, they're in Miami. Yeah, so I I um, was able to interview Vinay from the Cutlass podcast. Um, he's another Indo Caribbean. He's from Florida, mm-hmm. and he was saying that he had um quite an interesting upbringing in a sense where he didn't even realize that there were black people in Trinidad. He thought it was wholly Indo-Caribbean, which is something you never find. (laughs) I know, but he, his, his experience was very, very much in the Indian culture. But I I think I I probably can understand that. I'll tell you why, because a lot of the Trinidadians who left Trinidad Mm -hmm. and when they went to Miami and I guess in, in many ways, Queens and so forth, they recreated their lives they had in Trinidad in those places which is one of the reasons why I was very adamant. I did not want that. My life was not just to be to live a trainer life in England, and which is again like what I said earlier, why I didn't actually seek that out. Right, right. So I think that's for the party why he didn't know because if he grew up in a temple and everything like that, then that's what they will know. Yeah, and like he's like he said that his temples were wholly Indo-Caribbean centric. Yeah. So as, as they as would be, as, right? Yeah. I mean, we have that here. Like the mosque that my family run is mostly indo-caribbean centric it's run by trinidadians guyanese um and that is where i felt my most indo-caribbean self Mm. and then it was only when i started looking at under indo-caribbean culture separate from religion that i realized that there's so many different experiences with indo-caribbean culture Mm, not mm. just like for example what i've always found is that muslim indo-caribbeans feel a bit more distance towards the indian culture because the Muslim religion is more Arab centric, mm-hmm. whereas the Hindu religion is very deeply rooted in South Asian culture. Yeah. So I found that um, Hindu Indo-Caribbeans tend to feel way more closer to India. And that's always something that I've wanted to be able to um, to resonate with. Well, you see, I remember going to India th- and thinking to myself, I've been twice uh, um, I remember thinking to myself, I'm, I'm going home. I use the word in, with inverted commas. But actually, in reality, when I got there, I felt nothing like home. I, I, I you know, I love Indian food. I love, I love Kerala. I love Goa. I went to the temples. And although I did the rituals while I was there, it didn't feel like I was home. Mm. If I did a, 
Apuja in Miami. I feel I'm at home because it's a different way of doing it. I remember going to Madura, you know, we have so many temples. And I remember going to Kanyakumari, you know, where the sun sets and the sunrise in the same place pretty much because of it. But I just didn't feel, I, I did not feel it personally. A lot, a lot of people sort of go and they, they, they say they feel it. I assume they feel it. That's, that's up to them. But for me, home is is trinidad hindu culture is trinidad but i do get into miami and i remember doing puja at my mother's temple a couple of years ago and and this is partly why sort of you know board it came back to me i was doing lot puja for lachmi at this point at this point and as you know you do several pujas right and i remember feeling so emotional um i literally had tears in my eyes at that point and and I, as i said i said to my mom after i said look you know I will, Lachmi is now my, the goddess I will actually pray to because my brother is Shiva, my niece and my, a Ganesh, and I want to say that Lachmi is the one I pray to. Thankfully, she's a goddess of wealth. <laughs> <laughs> that works out well, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. and, and also, not, I know, that's how it's pretty, I guess, but, but yes, but no, I think um, being Hindu, man, it was, it was incredible. You know, but I also went to a Hindu school and a Hindu college. Oh, really? So, because I didn't pass my common entrance exams, which is the 11 plus exam in Trinidad. So, I went to my uh, my age from, from the age of sort of nine or whatever to, to 11, uh, 11, I went to a, a Hindu school. So, I went to Sandy Grandi Hindu school. And then I went to Sandy Grandi Hindu college. So, you know, I am as Hindu as they yeah, come. Yeah, this is really a part of your identity. Yeah, it's like, not like a weekend thing where you go to, you no, know, no, no, and worship no, no. on the weekend. This is really a part a, of a, everything. Part of my pujas, part of you know, every, the, the, the daily prayer. It, it's very much deep in Hinduism and like even like Diwali I remember entering Diwali competitions having Doti competitions and modeling on stage when I was like 16, 17, 18 or whatever it was I came second I was cheated though <laughs> <laughs> um, but on that note no I think um, uh, yeah, I, I definitely grew up in uh, like my grandmother she had a temple in a house you know we we come from a very but my my mother's side not my father's side as much um, they, I wouldn't say they, they're terribly religious but my father my mother's side very much so religious I like my cousin is a pundit in Trinidad right now, Anil Maharaj. Um, you know, his beautiful bhajan he has, he, his, his own bhajanese he sang, recorded, great. So we're very much that family. And so um, do you know much about your heritage, like in terms of like when your family came over to Trinidad or not really? No, um, I, do, I, I know as much as the books has told us, but I as into the history books, but I haven't actually um, seeked it out, partly because when I went to India, I didn't actually feel connected right. to it. I think if there was more of an emotional connection, I probably would have actually taken the time to, to research a bit more. But like I say, home is Trinidad. And actually, home is Miami, but actually, <laughs> but actually, home is England. <laughs> <laughs> many different homes. I have many different homes. So, how do you feel the um, Caribbean culture differs when you're in Trinidad to when you're in London? Um, well, <laughs> I'm going to be very cheeky here and say that how um, we are the Trinidad culture in London. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, come on, there's no... I mean, yeah, it's fair to say. Yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> there's nowhere else to go. But, you know, apart from, you know, we, we, we are very much steep in our tradition, but we're very much... Um, and actually, this is really interesting. So, you know, I talked earlier about how we actually um, uh, introduce people to our food. One way I decided to actually do that recently was to actually do what's called a Trini Tali. Now, we all know a Tali is a South or North Indian dish, a plate of food with a selection of things from, so, you know, from a starter to a dessert. So I created a Trinitali. So we have in the Sahina or Pallori, we have rice, we have dal, we have spinach, pumpkin, curry, corn. This one is curry chicken. We have roti and we have a sweet uh, and the chutneys. So literally on this plate, um, it showcases 
Trinidad culture with our Indian background because Tali is so Indian with Trinidad Indian food in it now serving London for the first time ever. That's mind-blowing. Do you ever think about like the accomplishments you make here and, and the, the impact that you have on people and does it not blow your mind? I think when, my, when I speak to my family back home and they, and my mother and she's like, oh, your auntie's talking about this and your cousin's talking about this, I, I kind of stop and, and, and take, take stock. Um, where we move so fast here, there's always something to do and I'm doing something else. Um, however, I think in January we will reflect. I do reflect a lot also. Look, it, I think I do reflect, uh, especially like when we got the food to Edinburgh and we joke and beyond. So I do reflect, but uh, we haven't stopped. Um, mm. So I haven't, I haven't been able to actually um, understand and appreciate, especially since we open here. Look, we opened after a pandemic. We talked about, you mentioned earlier, we found here at the end of December last year, I went across to, to, ho- to holiday in South Africa. Then I went to um, Cape to, um, to Trinidad for Carnival for two days. I came back all expecting to open up here and take over the Lisa and boom, there was COVID-19 and lockdown. And we thought about it. We thought, what do we do? Do we do this or do we not do this? And there's two things. Either I, if I didn't do this, what would I do, mm. right? But what job do I do? Because hospitality was on his knees. You know, um, it, there's no tourists coming in, restaurants are closing, bars are closing. So I thought, if I didn't do this, what do I do? But secondly, if I didn't do this, we would never, ever have this. Yeah. Because it's taken how long to get here? Um, however long it would have taken for us to actually have it again. So that I am immensely proud of. And, I, and you know, I, I know uh, on my own personal social media, I talk about it because I think it needs to be talked about. And like I said earlier, if we don't talk about it, who will? So I will sing my own praises on, on that. I move on very quickly from it, but I will quite happily say, you know, yes, we've done this. We've got food to Edinburgh. We have had a, our own room. We have a cocktail bus coming out. We have a mass band coming out. Yes, I will say we do it. So that I'm proud of because we didn't just sit here during the pandemic and say, oh, you know what? Let's do safe and let's open uh, in zone five. No, we we bit the bullet and we did it. And we served 14,000 customers in three months. I mean, you know, we changed the whole plan for this place and to create the beach, to create this experience. Um, and everyone loved the sand. Everyone loves it. And, you know, our number one seller is Doubles. I can understand that, though. Doubles is Matt's favorite. Uh, well, <laughs> our doubles are amazing yeah they are pretty good i tried to make doubles like the other month in lockdown and he was like they're just not doubles i'm like Ugh. you know you should follow our recipe online you have it online yeah for international doubles there we did a, um i did a four minute video how to make doubles he should have told you that he knows me well oh my gosh okay next time i'm trying the recipe oh no 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 just come here next time <laughs> <laughs> lockdown is over <laughs> oh no but honestly like you have so much to be proud of like as I said before, someone that struggled with identity. And identity is really important to a lot of people. And being able to identify and find a, a place that you can call home in your heart. And I feel like this is definitely one of those places. Thank you so very much. So tell us, yes, what can we expect from Lyman as an empire now? Um, I, I think uh, for me right now... I mentioned, of course, we started as a pop-up. Uh, we have now created this. We had a festival, Jake and Beyond. We have a campaign to make um, doubles. Uh, actually, our 2021 campaign is to make doubles a national dish of Trinidad and Tobago or one of the national dishes. You know, in our national anthem in Trinidad, there's a phase, a, a, a few verses that says, every creed and race finds an equal place. And 
And I think doubles is the only thing that allows us to do that. Because whether you're white, black, yellow, indifferent, Chinese, Syrian, wherever, you will stand by the road in Trinidad and you will eat a double. So mm-hmm. say, it doesn't matter how much money you have that day, you are Trinidad and you're eating a double. So, so I thought a campaign next year, where this year was cook it, eat it, share it, for next year is definitely, I'm going to campaign to make the government or to, um, for the government to actually claim this as one of our national dishes oh my god how amazing would that be so that would be incredible so i'm definitely working towards that uh, for 2021 um of course i mentioned the mass band and the saw me release but um, there's one more thing in the pipeline that's going to happen and i can't say it yet because it hasn't um, been signed off all i can tell you is um it will be big it will be great it's going to be amazing oh my god Oh my gosh, it's really exciting. No yeah. hints, nothing? Well, one should grow everything, right? That's all I have to say. Okay. Yes, yeah, so you should plant the seed, you should water it, and it should grow. So we're definitely all about growing, and we're all, but, but equally, we're all about maintaining standards. So whether it be customer service, whether it be um, the drinks quality, you know, we have the, our, our age rum to come out, we have our spice rum to come out. We look just so much more. <laughs> I think we're working, beaving, and we're in the background, literally doing so much stuff. And like, we don't, we don't stop. We, it's we, amazing though, because like everyone that is receiving it is like, wow, you've done so much. And you're like, I haven't even, I'm not finished. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, far, so far from finished, so far from, you know, we had the Christmas menu to come out, you know, where everybody will get things like a calm and bread delivered to their house and pastels wow. and, and curry guinea fowl and, and pork and pigeon peas and black cake. And man, we have so much more in store. But, 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 you know, for me, the key thing also is keeping the tradition of dishes, but also I'm experimenting. So like our curry goat is like next level. Yeah. And the, your rum, when's that coming out? So the rum actually, nice question um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's available at Lyman so we actually can sell it from here um, one but secondly um, we have the cocktail box coming up from the 11th or, or 12th of this month so they can pre-order it from our website great that sounds great and for anyone who hasn't ever heard of Lyman where can they find you if they want to look you up Okay, so Lyman is situated at Gabriel's Wharf, um, and that is um, on Upper Ground. The po- zip postcode is SE19PP. However, the best way to find us, take a walk on the Thames, in between the London Eye, which you can't miss, and Oxford Tower, which actually you will see the big OXO, where your bangs smacked there yeah, in the middle, or not in the middle, but more towards Oxford Tower. But you will see us. Uh, look for the palm trees outside with fairy lights, uh, and uh, just look for where the soca music is playing. <laughs> just a little slice of heaven, basically. Search uh, for that. <laughs> a big slice. Actually, we've got, a, we've got 17 meters of sand. It's a big slice of heaven. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. It was so interesting to hear where you came from, where you're at now. It's amazing. It's been my absolute pleasure. Uh, Look, thank you for the opportunity to showcase not only who I am or or my journey, but also to talk about my my, uh, my, my upbringing, you know, being being a Hindu, being Indo-Caribbean within, you know, in the UK and obviously... I, I moved here, so I didn't grow up with some of the things you grew up with. But, uh, and I guess when I moved here, I didn't have to, um, I didn't conform to a to the lifestyle, but what it has now given me here and doing what I do at Lyman is giving me a place to actually let people sort of, you know, feel at home and comfortable. And that I will take with me to my grave. And it's a beautiful thing. So thank, thank you so much. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers.